Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and as always, remotely, uh, I'm here with Rick Grunewald. What's up, Ryan? How's it going? Good, good. Hey, can uh, you hear me okay? I switched up my mic. I got a, got a new mic. I just want to make sure it sounds okay for, uh, for the audience. Yeah, actually, it sounds pretty good. Awesome. Well, good. Right. What, what's up with you, Ryan? What's going on? What's new? Uh, a few things. Uh, first off, I thought today would be a good uh, uh, topic would be to talk about like nerves 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 with like what racing kind of nerves? like racing nerves okay. um like racing higher categories uh stuff like that and okay so i'll kind of lead into that but let's talk about what we've been doing uh yeah. biggest thing biggest thing for me is i started doing a build plan or build triathlon plan which has been so far pretty good the solid, workouts solid. The workouts are really hard, but I feel like I'm seeing benefits like right away, you know? Yeah, that's good. Um, we did a Zwift race today, which we I took fourth, so nice. that felt pretty good. I the took guy uh, fifth. Yeah, the guy who took first was ranked 75th or 78th in that, overall in Zwift. That was, it was one of the hardest races that I've done for the reason that when we started the race, there was 20 people in the race. And then within, I think the first five minutes, it was just five of us. So it, was, it was no, actually six, maybe that's it was a, six. No, it was eight. We had eight, eight people okay. still. And then going into the last lap, we had five. Okay, got you. Uh, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, because I, I don't know. I thought there was more than five because when I looked at the results, like there were still people on the result sheet. And typically, this is a, a small gripe with Zwift. But, you know, like you'll start a race and people will drop out of the race. So, like, even though you finish the race and it's like, oh, that was a major accomplishment, like you might have legitimately beat like 40 people. You, it only shows like 12 because yeah, good example know, is like, uh, 28 I'm like, people dropped. I'm looking at the results right now, actually, and there's only 10 people. But, yeah, 100% we started with 20 people. Yeah, so like I I got fifth, but like I I fell off like the the first four riders, Ryan included, on like the second half of the last lap, and like it looks like I just got you know shelled and got like you know fifth of eight people. When in reality, I at least survived until like you know the last uh, minute of the race, and most of the field had already dropped out before that. So I was feeling pretty psyched. I just wish the uh, the result sheet kind of reflected that a little bit better. Yeah, you know. The guy who won two, 140 beats per minute, 260 watt average, and 3.7 watts per kilogram. I, yeah. I, I averaged 168 beats per minute, 303 <laughs> watts, and 4.3 watts per kilogram. And I did, I did 100 and, or no, sorry, 200 and, I don't know what my heart rate was. I didn't have my monitor on or a little monitor. sus, little, little sus, sus. No heart well, rate. I got, I got fifth, so. Well, little sus, I guess. But, um, anyways, I did uh, I did 275 watts with 4.1 watts per kilogram, and yeah, I, dude, I don't understand. So the guys that won our race, they did less watts than us, and they had a super low heart rate. Genuinely confused, were they like 120 pounds or like lighter than that? I don't know. I guess you know, there's some part of Swift racing that's efficiency, like being really good at Swift racing. Yeah, I don't know if they just outgamed us or what. I know they were pretty good at not hitting the front at all. But even you know, like when I would hit the front, you know, you do like put a, like a, a little bit of an acceleration in to like stay with the group. 
and sometimes you'd like flow to the front you know for me like when that happened i would still let off the gas like i'm not like yeah i'm not like putting i'm not like pulling on the front i just happen to like oh i'm on the front so what i do is i just kind of like hold off for a sec i like soft kind of soft pedal but not enough to where like once the group kind of starts to ride harder i get like dropped you know or, or like shot out the back so i don't really understand how they produce so few watts and won the race that's that's to be honest so i think that's the difference once you get to a really high zwift level when you're racing a lot i think one of the things you learn is how to navigate that because it's like a very fine line of going too hard versus too easy because you kind of fluctuate throughout the pack constantly i think the really good riders know how to keep that like very steady pace where you're getting that draft and you're not like moving forward because it kind of it it seems like you're either moving forward or moving backward and it's almost like a flow of like you go forward let off drift back go forward Mm -hmm. let off drift like i don't know about you but that kind of seems how i've been doing it and actually just this race when there's a big like increase in speed one of the things i started working on was before you catch up to the group let off a little bit because one yes. thing i'm noticing is i'm still i'm going a few seconds harder and then passing the group when yep. you know all i wanted to do is just kind of slide right back in and yeah, i end up actually passing doing five seconds of work that i didn't need to do yeah a hundred percent even if you let off maybe a little bit too much it's better to kind of like take another second and like slowly get onto the back of the group then like do a big burst and then all of a sudden you're like it's crazy how fast you can go from off the back to off the front especially with a race that we did like today where we only had eight people in the group so it was so easy to just like accelerate a little bit too much and all of a sudden you're on the front of the group um but that was a i mean that's a really good point ryan i know in some of the best races that i've had um you know there's kind of like this weird um like spectrum like like this range of watts that you can do to maintain position like you know it's not just like if i'm increasing watts i'm moving up if i'm decreasing i'm moving back it's almost like you you want to like race with the question in mind like what is the lowest amount of watts i can do without getting dropped from the group if that makes sense yeah and like the best races that i've had i'm constantly thinking like okay can i drop my watts down and if i start to drift back i start to kind of catch myself so whenever the race is at a part where it's easy and I'm not too worried about the group breaking up, I'm always just thinking like, okay, let's just back the Watts down a little bit. Like, can I just chill out here? Can I chill out at, you know, 240 instead of uh, 275? Um, it's a really weird way to think about bike racing, but it's really, I mean, I, I think that's just like one of the ways where not only like conceptually, but like mentally how different Zwift is than uh, real racing. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the most important parts of Zwift racing is watching that like riders list, which this kind of goes back to the UI. Why do they have the riders list that shows everybody on course and not just like the people in your race? Cause right. that, th- yeah. that list is like, you know, the Holy grail of what everyone else is doing. Like, could you imagine right. in a real bike race if you could see the watt, like watt per kilogram that other riders are putting out? Like that is your, yeah. that's your study guide and answers to the final exam. 
like well, the entire race. That's all I stare yeah. at is what Watts are other people putting out, but they make it like so small and very cluttered. Like you'd think that they just put like a race list and then have, you know, top 10 or the top 10 people around you. And then like in bigger numbers, like watt per kilogram or something. Yeah, a hundred percent. I totally agree with that. Um, one of the observations about Zwift racing is that breakaways really don't happen. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, um, yeah. you would say like most Zwift races are like elimination races where maybe there's like a group of riders at the start and then that group just gets smaller and smaller until the finish. So you could say, well, you know, a breakaway might've won the race, but in reality, it's just like you're shedding riders. Yeah. And I think a big reason why that is, is because of the, that little watt sheet, that watt, that watt cheat sheet. Anytime somebody sees somebody, you know, spiking up or, or really like, um, you know, increasing that, like, you know, watt per kg number, it's like a good indicator that, oh, I need to start accelerating. So the whole group kind of has that awareness, unlike in regular road racing, where, you know, you can really catch the group off guard, you know, if it kind of like slows up a little bit and you're at the back, you can just start to like really hammer it. And by the time you blow by everybody, you know, nobody even knows who was attacking or if you were attacking or where you came from. Yeah. You know, honestly, that's kind of one aspect of Zwift that I actually really like. You'd think that I I would think that I would not like that, but it's, it's just kind of gamifies it. It's kind of like figuring out what the meta is of Zwift and racing Mm -hmm. to that meta. Like it's a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's just like kind of a cool feature where they probably added it passively but it's now such a you know important part of racing i hope they never take it away like there's a good chance that they take that away from racing like oh it's cheating um i personally i personally really like it i think it just adds a additional aspect to make it unique but also too i think a reason that breakaways don't happen is because the the drafting advantage in Zwift is pretty high and there's also no wind. Right. So no matter where you are behind someone, you're getting a draft and it's a pretty big draft area where outside you actually have to understand and know where the draft zone is behind a person. And usually it's only, you know, a foot wide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, I think that's another reason why, Breakaways don't really happen, but also too, that's kind of why I like it's, it's kind of like you have to like stay, like you have to fight the surges. You have to fight the speed. You know, it's, it, I don't know. I just like that. It's different. The, the thing that, yeah, I mean, that's, I think you pretty much nailed it. Like why, why breakaways don't happen for that reason. Exactly. And I, I actually, and you know, like kind of, you were mentioning before, like Zwift has a meta that you got to figure out. And that's actually the reason why I've really been enjoying Zwift racing too, is because it, okay, so breakaways aren't really going to happen, right? Like you're, but what, but what that means is you can pick selective spots on a course to really put the herd on people because people are trying so hard to like stay in, in the draft and stay in the group. For example, we did the crit city race today. Um, the crit city course is a, I guess kind of like a, um, a classic crit course, but there, it's mostly flat. There's a lot of corners and there's like a little rolly section and there's a cobbled section that's slightly uphill. So what I would, my strategy for that was 
I didn't want to have to chase up that cobbled section because everybody, you kind of lose some of that drafting ability mm-hmm. when you're both going uphill and riding over cobbles. So my strategy every time coming into that section was I would just hammer it going in, hold maybe like 400 watts, and then I would be at the front of the group so I could kind of let myself drift back while everybody is just dying trying to stay on that group. Yeah. So like that's that's an example of like yeah I wasn't I wasn't gonna break away. But, like, I could kind of hurt everybody else in some way. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you bring up that specific section uh, because I had an actual – like, I had a different strategy going into that. When So right before that cobbled section, it's like a 90-degree turn to a 90-degree turn. Once we took that yeah. first 90-degree turn when we were still on the pavement before the uh, cobbled section, I ramped up to about 5 watts per kilogram, and then I just sat there. And while we're going through the cobble section, I just watch the watt per kilogram on the other riders. And so I'm already at five watts per kilogram. And then I just kind of match what everyone else is doing. And then I just hold that. So I know if someone goes to seven watts per kilogram or eight watts per kilogram, someone's putting in a big effort. And then I just ramp up to seven or eight for a little bit. Typically, they don't hold that very long. About half, there's another 90 after, like, through the cobbles about halfway up that 90 is typically when people start to chill out going over the top of that little hill and i know that i just need to hold on for a few seconds and then i can actually let off and kind of just slide in the back i noticed that for me worked the best because i was able to kind of hold back like putting in a big effort but also at the same time if i needed to put in a big effort my watts were already you know, five watts per kilogram. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really smart. That's a really good strategy. And that's especially useful for both the way you want to ride the race and how, like, what are your advantages as as a rider? So like with that strategy, you probably were more looking to like maintain a steady pace. Like you didn't want to necessarily surge up and down too aggressively. So you were just like, I'm going to sit at a nice pace that I know is going to be pretty good. And then I'll just adjust it as I need to. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, whereas, whereas I actually prefer, I like to be a little bit more surgy. I don't really like to sit at too consistent of a pace. So I was like, well, I'm just going to like, I'm going to kind of put an effort in and then I can chill and then I can put another dig in and then chill. So, yeah, I mean, that's again, a really fun thing about Zwift racing is like, it's super specific to how you, how you uh, like to race and like, what are, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Yeah. And you know, one thing is like what I realize, or I guess my strategy of understanding Zwift racing is I try to save as much energy because the last thousand meters is really where the race is determined. So I, I yeah, try to save, 100%. I try to save everything I have for those last thousand meters because that mm-hmm. last thousand meters is going to be seven to eight watts for the first 500 meters you know, nine Watts. And then like the last, it's really the last like 400 meters is like a sprint. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the last like little Zwift, the Zwift race finishes are always really interesting because no, generally it's always going to be in some form of sprint. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it's just a really long drag race. I know like the, the couple of So I've won one race and then I won out of a small group, but it was for like the chase group. So it was for like maybe 12th place another time. Sure. And I, I actually, I really benefit from, 
you know, typically people don't start ramping up the sprint until maybe uh, 0.2, 0.3 miles from the finish. Like they'll be kind of going a little hard, but it's like, it's still kind of far away to really start putting in a crazy effort. And that's kind of when I like to drift to the back of the group and just start putting in a really big sprint and try to get a bit of a gap and just try to hold that gap until the end. Yeah. So that's, that's like one way to do it. Ryan, you're more of like a, you're kind of more of a diesel sprinter where you like just like the long drawn out high watt one minute drag race to the end. Right. You know, honestly, I don't even know now that I see my Watts on the screen. I honestly like don't even know it's <laughs> I I'm trying to figure out what I am now. I feel like I'm having a crisis, but what do you mean? I think I, I don't <laughs> like, like what kind of rider well, you are. Yeah. Cause like, I'm getting out sprinted no problem by a lot of people on Zwift. I don't know it's be- if it's because other people are really good. Um, I can hit about well, you know 900 watts on a normal sprint in Zwift when I'm feeling really good, a thousand to eleven hundred, and then if I'm like super fresh, twelve hundred. So I. When I sprinting and Zwift, man, that's like a whole podcast in and of itself. When I'm feeling the way I like to sprint on Zwift is I like to go pretty long and I'll try to hold. I don't really like going over like eight or 900 watts. Sure. Like I, I don't really like the idea of like putting in a, a, a monster sprint on the trainer. Like people do break their trainer. Yeah. And their and see, that's kind of one thing too, is that that's pretty controlled. Like I, my upper, when I sprint on Zwift, like my upper body is perfectly still and I have my legs yeah. just kind of going in a straight line. Like there's no rocking at all. Like I'm very, I'm yeah. very mindful. And I try to do as much of my sprint seated. And it's really like that last hundred, 200 meters that I actually do get out of the saddle. So like, there's no sideway motion when I'm sprinting on my trainer. Like I'd much, I, I'd much rather take fourth place and get past then break my trainer because oh i'm breaking it for the yeah, wind breaking baby. it for the wind i'm gonna i'm gonna snap that yeah. trainer leg my my chain stay but if i get that win oh you know it's worth and it i think that's important um, to say when we talk about like sprinting and zwift it has to be controlled you do for sure you, you cannot be like sprinting like you do outside so yeah yeah i mean 100 percent. you're gonna either fall over or break your break your bike yeah. break your trainer uh, speaking of sprinting, so I was listening to a podcast today talk, talking about other podcasts on our podcast, but um, it was actually, it was like an interview with um, either the, it was, he's the national, like 2019 national Zwift champion for the US. And he's currently like within the top three of like overall Zwift racers. Yeah. Um, and so like, he's just uniquely very good at Zwift. And he says, oh, the reason why he's so good is because his one minute power is super high. That makes sense. Can you guess, guess what any, he, he actually like said, like what is one minute power? I'm going to say like 15 you, watts per kilogram. Um, I don't know what that would be, but I would, I would, I would wait, I mean, let me guess, let me guess. That's super is high. Is it going to be around? Like no number, number, number wise, wise just uh, me, a thousand. For, yeah, that, that was exactly okay. it for a minute. That's though, insane. A minute. Yeah. That is absolutely, he is actually. He's classified as a Zwift sprint specialist. Nice. Which that completely makes sense. Like that is the end of a Zwift race is a one minute power contest with whoever has the freshest legs and whoever can put out, I mean, that dude for, for that dude, yeah, a thousand Watts. I can't even, 
Dude, I can't even imagine that. A thousand watts on the trainer for a minute. Maybe that's what we need to start doing. So much. Maybe we just need to, because like one thing with Zwift, like the racing is, uh, you you almost have to try things out. And the good thing is, is that yeah, it's, it's oh yeah, you know, it's not like you're trying things out in an actual race where you spend thirty thirty five dollars to race. Like you can you can yeah, do as many right. Zwift races as you want. And so maybe maybe mm-hmm. I'll try that out next and kind of give the give it the analysis of trying to go out farther and farther away like start with like yeah. 500 watt or 500 meters 800 meters maybe a, maybe try going at a thousand meters yeah just seeing what what that what happens you know yeah i i mean that's like a great point when it comes to like data collection you have so many more races that you can jump into and just try yeah things. i mean that's a great example I like for me, like that's how I figured out, oh, I'm better off going kind of far out, getting a gap and then trying to hold that gap. than I am, you know, like waiting until like 200 meters to go and trying to come around a bunch of people like that doesn't work for me. And it's cool because, yeah, like to your point, I didn't have to spend a hundred dollars to figure that out. I just did like three races. I'm like, oh, this works better than that. And I'm going to continue. I'm also going to continue to try more stuff too. Like, cause why not? Right. Figure mm-hmm. out like the best possible way to play the game. You know, one thing I'm noticing too, and I don't under, um, I guess I'm trying to figure it out or I don't understand how these guys that are ranked top 100 in Zwift. Like if you look at their results sheet, it's like, they are doing like two, three races every single day. It's like, yeah, when, I, I don't when do get they that. train or is this all, or is well, that all so, they do? That is their training. So, so the guy, again, I was listening to this podcast earlier today. Um, and the guy, he's like, he's an ex pro triathlete. So he was, I, I forgot what, what distance he did, but you know, he had like a lot of years of like, you know, triathlon work. And he's like, he basically said like, I, all I do is just race now. Like, I don't really, I don't really train. He only does like, I look, I think I looked at his, again, who knows if everything is on his Strava, but he only is doing like eight hours a week, yeah, which is like for somebody that's like at such a high level of any kind of racing. And I consider, you know, professional Zwift racing a a very high level. Um, That's not, that's not a lot, but other people train more. I was actually, I went through, so like uh, there's a website called Zwift power where it's more of a, I would call it a sanctioning of both Zwift races with results and then a ranking of Zwift riders Mm -hmm. And I was, I was going through like the top Zwift racers on the platform and dude, they do so many races like every week. It's like, none of them even seem like they ride that much because they're just racing all the time. Yeah. And I mean, like today I kind of get it. Like today I did, you know, 295 or something Watts for 30 minutes. My workout on Wednesday was four sets of nine minutes at two two hundred ninety eight watts and that workout like i struggled to get through but today like Mm -hmm. 30 minutes at that same wattage without any breaks and like i felt pretty good so it's it's kind of weird how i do the same efforts but in a zwift race like i feel really good doing it yeah it it is kind of weird right because even from like a fatigue standpoint like if you were to like download the file that I use today and give it to me for a workout, I just could like, I couldn't, like I could not read, mm-hmm. I could not replicate that. Just like looking at like a, um, a power chart or like a erg mode chart over time. But like the Zwift racing, it doesn't even really phase me. Like every single time I do a Zwift race, I'm like setting some pretty good power numbers for myself. And there's, there's also like, I think a side of it where, 
if I do like intervals, 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 just over and over and over again, I get like very mentally fatigued. Like I, I, for me, like racing is so important. It keeps it fun. I really enjoy it. It's, I think it's really good training. It might not be always the best training. Um, you know, like, especially if you're somebody that you have summer goals, like, trust me, it's probably a better idea to follow more of a structured training plan and do less like high intensity racing. But at the same time, you know, like a big part of like burnout is, is like mental, right? So like for me, I think it's, it's going to be hard to like mentally burn out because I just enjoy doing these races so much. Yeah. You know? And I mean, you're doing like a, tri- a full triathlon mm-hmm. program. So like, you know, you're, you're maybe not doing a ton of high intensity work outside of the races, but how has been fitting in races for you? Like, it, is it, is it hard to balance everything? You know? Cause like, again, like these races are hard. Surprisingly, it fits into my plan really well. Uh, typically you have one like hour, hour and a half ride. That's just sustained at like, I think, I think it's just below sweet spot. So like, It'll be for me this week or next week. I have an hour and a half and it'll be like 260, 260 watts. We'll call it 265 watts. And you sustain that for like an hour. So doing a hour long Zwift race is replicating that same effort. But an hour long Zwift race is much more enjoyable to do than an hour. Like just sitting at that power watching like YouTube or something. Just because, like, oh yeah, a hundred. Just because your body is just so stagnant and you're not really mm-hmm. moving at all, so you kind of get those, like, little, you know, tw- twinges that kind of build up. Yeah, I I think the difference is when you're doing intervals, like, and you're watching YouTube, you're trying as hard as you can to like not think about yeah. the pain, and like you're trying like so hard to be like, uh, this really sucks, but like you're just distracting yourself. Whereas when you're racing, you're engaged with the effort. Yeah. You're like, there's such a purpose behind why you're going hard. It's like, oh, I need to catch onto that wheel. Like I need to stick with this group. I'm trying to like, you know, break away. So it just like, I, I think it like gives it more meaning to like why you're killing mm-hmm. yourself on the bike. If that makes yeah. Sense. So that's what I've been doing is I've just been replacing Zwift races with uh, those more boring workouts and getting the same, you know, outcome. And yeah, same TSS yeah. probably, maybe more. So it's it's really good mentally to do that. I love Zwift racing. I know we were kind of talking about updates, and I Dude, originally I can't believe I can't believe the 180 from like you know you talking yeah. about Zwift racing like three months ago to now is just like a, a whole new place. Yeah, I I love it. Like I'm legit addicted to it. I wish so my fun. only thing is like I wish I wasn't so blown after races so that I could do more of them. Because I yeah. really enjoy doing them. It's just like they are they are really hard that usually yeah. two is my tops, you know, or like one long one. For sure. And like last week I, when I, Tommy and I did our hour long race, like I was blown. Like that was yeah. crazy. I think part of it and like, you know, the, the guys that are like really good Zwift racers, like the top top Zwift racers some of those guys like you made that observation about so in our race today we had somebody that was within the top 100 which is legit in the world and um those guys are at such a level where they can do like three races back to back to back and you know like the races are hard the last lap is probably really hard um but like they can kind of like just hang and do those races whereas 
for us, we, we kind of just started racing A's a little while ago. And like, I'm, I'm super stoked if I finish an A race and I'm like absolutely gutted after that. And you know, like you're, you're for sure a bit stronger than I am. Uh, so like, even though, and even with that, like you're still like smoked after these A races, I think if you're, if you get to a certain point where your fitness is just like quite a bit higher, you can probably just like chill in a lot of these races and kind of race them almost like, like A, B and C races, you know, like as in, Oh, I'm not really too concerned about the result. I'll just kind of hang out and then try to like sprint. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the hard part is that it's not really the race itself that takes it all out. It's the race plus that massive effort at the end. The massive effort is really yeah. what does it to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And like I, I, if I do B races, I can do like subsequent mm-hmm. B races, like one after the other. Like I've done like two B races in one day. I've actually done – there's a really cool like – it's called like a Zwift Tri-Series. They were doing it for a bit, but it was three races. They were each about – five to seven miles a race and then the last race was a um time trial and i could do those like no problem but that's back when i was just doing b races and like i just i could like i still would kill myself in the b races but just not quite to the same level. yeah uh that actually is a really good okay really good segue but i just want to touch really quick uh a little bit of an announcement this is this is actually new to you as well uh but i am going to start doing race analysis so this will also kind of turn into outdoor race analysis as well but i'm going to start doing it with zwift uh it i'm going to try to keep the videos under 10 minutes just for something fun to watch and give kind of an analysis of what's going on uh what my take is on the watts that i'm doing why i'm doing it when i kind of surge and my strategy, it's going to be mostly focused around the strategy of Zwift. Are you going to be doing, are you, so you're going to be like screen recording yes. your yes. Zwift races. And nice. That's a so great idea. Exactly what I do for streaming, you know, that has, I want to awesome. stre- uh, record it and then I'll post it to the bike race weekly YouTube account. So everybody uh, check out the bike race weekly YouTube channel. We have a few videos up right now, but I thought this would be a really good way to just add content. I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm a I'm I'm a big fan of this. I think we should definitely do some some race analysis because you know like with Zwift races, I uh, I feel like there's a couple people that do that, but um, I think yeah, I think like more of a thorough breakdown would be yeah. Interesting. What what I kind of struggled to find was actual strategy. You know, like someone who actually breaks down what they're doing in a Zwift race rather than just focusing on like the power output that they're putting, they're putting in. So I want to focus on the strategy of how you, you know, like people who are in B's or are are in C's who are trying to make that next step, but feel like it's too big of a step for them. Yeah. And that's, that's great too, because you can kind of, um, you can do some races and then, especially like I, I sometimes think that some of the people at stream races are just like super, super strong and super fast. And you get the perspective of like a super fast person that's like winning the race. But it's like, I almost feel like it's more helpful to get the perspective from somebody that's like maybe just trying to like finish. Yeah. Or like not like just trying to like, Oh wow. Like this is, I'm definitely getting like, you know, outgunned. How am I going to manage my watch? I think, to not I think the dropped. best way to put it is, 
someone who is okay maybe maybe i don't don't know how to put it but someone who is good enough to be there but not necessarily good enough to win figuring out how to win if that makes sense yes so it's it's yeah. it's using the zwift meta to get the best result possible even when other people are stronger than you you know yep. 100% it's it's like um if anybody's familiar with you know like you know whatever like video games and you uh you're playing like online with other people and you just you just started playing that game so your equipment isn't as good as some of these other people so you need to figure out like this is like you got to run what you brung this is what i got and maybe uh, i'm a level 10 you know racer how am i going to go to toe to toe with level 30 like how am i going to use yeah. my level 10 skills uh so cuz you can't race you can't race you know, you can't do the same things at like a pro. Exactly. Like that. It's just not yeah. going to work. So, uh, bike race weekly YouTube channel, check it out. I'll try to have, uh, the next race up, I think. So I'll probably put this out, uh, Sunday or Monday. So expect the first race to come up next weekend. So just watch out for that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and then that kind of goes into the next topic of what, I mean, we're, we're kind of close here, but, uh, nerves and racing, specifically around specifically sure. around how you move different skill levels so like a very good example is you know if you're like a cat four rider and you're the best cat four in the field you can win big races and then jumping up to that next level whether it be racing like a three four race or maybe you get a cat three upgrade and you're trying to do a race a two three race um how do you, and I'll, I'll kind of present you the question, how do you manage those nerves of doing those first few races? Or like, wh- how do you manage nerves of going into a new season or racing cyclocross after racing, or after not really racing much cyclocross? Like, wh- what is your strategy, your mental strategy, your physical strategy? Like, what what goes through your mind? Yeah, I, I and, think oh, I have sorry. kind of a... I, the reason, oh, the reason yeah, why ahead. I bring this up is just because I've seen this asked on a few different forums pretty often now. If, like For some reason, the last month, I keep seeing this question pop up of like, how do you manage the nerves when you feel like you don't have oh. the skill or the ability? Um, and I think it's a good topic because actually Zwift has made me realize how close you are to the people you think are much better than you. Yeah, I, I mean that's a that's an interesting question. It's a good way to phrase it. And I, I maybe I have like a, a bit of an interesting perspective, but um, so I, I grew up I grew up uh, racing motocross. In with motocross, the the start was extremely intense because you'd have up to forty people lined up at a gate. And then every the gate drops and everybody's just going and everybody funnels into a really tight corner typically. So I just remember how nervous I got with those type of races because the start was just insanely intense. So when I started racing bike races, I actually, I, I get very little nerves. Like I, I don't really get super nervous um, just because like the level of intensity is a lot lower. Um, I get, you know, like, but, and I kind of have like a reverse, if I do get nerves, it's actually when I'm doing a race where I think that I can win 
because I have all of a sudden like some kind of little expectation, you know, like if I'm doing a race and it's local, there's not a ton of guys that show up. I race them all the time and I'm like, Oh, I could definitely win this. That's actually where I kind of get nervous. The only time that I ever really get nervous is when I start to put some expectations on myself. But when I move up, like I've done a couple one, two and two, three races before, dude, I have zero nerves for those races. And the reason why is because I literally have no expectations. Like if I finish the race, that's a, like, great. That's a big accomplishment. Cause you know, you're racing outside of your category and your ability level. So like the way I look at those events is like, I'm just trying to like use this for um, both to get like skills and experience racing against people that are better than me. So I don't know, I guess that's kind of the way that I look at nerves. Like I, I, if I, if I try to attach or associate any expectations with the result, that's when they, that's when they come in. So I guess that's kind of like, that's my way I handle nerves. I try to, I try as hard as I can to not have expectations. I think that's a really good way to put it. Uh, not having yeah. expectations. I, I guess like, cause like I kind of, sh- when I was thinking about this, I kind of struggled of putting it into words because I do get nervous when I jump up a level. Cause I feel like I get so comfortable in whatever category I am, I, I'm in. So like last year was the cat three category and I had tons of nerves, uh, jumping into the one, two, three field, even on Zwift. Uh, I felt very comfortable with a B race. I can win a B, any B race, but when I jumped into the A race, the, the speed is just on such a different level that those first few races, I was on edge the entire race. Um, I think you put it really well though, is the not having expectations and that kind of, it doesn't put anything on it. Like I, I I think the best way to put it that I do is kind of no expectations, but take the opportunities when they present themselves. So, Oh yeah. So like one, one thing that sticks out to me always is when I did, I think it was my first P one, two, three race. I was actually pretty fit. I knew I could stick in, uh, but it was tough you know, there were two teams there, two or three teams there that were actually like really racing. And so a lot of it was figuring out how to be react or uh, active versus reactive. So watching other riders when they burst to try to break away because it was just constant breakaways the entire race. And the first half of the race, I felt like I was just reacting, which I felt like mm. was really doing it in for me. But then I started watching riders and you see them kind of loading up. Once they start loading up, you you can kind of ramp it up versus like a few hard stomps, which I feel like take a lot more out of you. And once I figured that out, I was like, okay, I, I can finish this race doing this. And then in that last lap, I was like, okay, when there's an opportunity, take a few spots. You know, if you get dropped, you get dropped. Mm-hmm. But if you see that opportunity, take a few spots. And then I just kind of kept taking small spots and openings where in a, in a cat three race, I would, I would take them. Of course, you know, open space, take it. But I feel like when you go up a level, you're hesitant to take that space. Cause in your head, I feel like you kind of feel like I don't deserve that spot, you know, so, like a better racer deserves to be in that open space. And I don't know if you kind of feel like that, yeah. but it was, it, it's kind of taking those opportunities when they present themselves and then like, when you get to the sprint, actually sprint. Even if you kind of get dis- disconnected, continue sprinting because 
once I, because when I did that, I did get kind of dropped by that main sprint group, but I still passed like four people. And so I was, I was proud of taking like 13th place, but there's 40 racers. So in my first P123 yeah. race, I took 13th, but out of 40, I can actually be proud of that. And now I know how to better, how to navigate in those really fast scenarios that was later then able to apply to my next race. Yeah. I think you said like two, two really important things uh, there. And I've, I've actually been reading a really interesting book. It's called atomic habits and it's by James clear. He's the author. And he actually talks about how um, having goals is actually not a great way to accomplish them. You accomplish goals by setting up a system, right? Setting up systems. And I think you said it right there when you were like, yeah, I'm really fit because you would set up systems in the off season and in the season where you were training, you walked your fitness up, you were confident in your fitness. So I think that's, that's one way to like get over nerves is, you know, like if you're a cat three and you've been super spotty with your training and you're jumping into a one, two, three race, I kind of don't know what to tell you. Like I, you know, cause like, yeah, I, you're going to have nerves and like, that's probably because you don't feel very confident in your fitness. But if you set up the systems and like your training, it's like, it, it's almost like irrelevant how you do, because there's nothing else you could have done. It's like, here's here I am. I trained as much as I could train. I, I made this, the decisions that I made and I'm going to try this race and you know, like I'm fit and we'll see what happens. And then, something else that you said that I thought was really important too, was like you were extremely focused on just like the, the, the operation and the strategy of that race. Like once you kind of got over like, Oh, does this guy deserve the position? Do like, Oh, I don't want to get anybody's way. Like you, you started thinking like all you were thinking about was how to game the race. And like, you were just completely focused on the race at hand, how to do better. You're not thinking about anything else. And that's kind of like, I don't know if you've heard of that phrase flow state, but you know, like that's kind of when you're getting into the flow state where you're just completely focused on one thing. So I think like the combination of those two, you know, both being fit and also just like focusing on what you're doing. I think that really helps to like, you don't even think about nerves, like nerves can't even creep in. Nerves are like extra noise, you know, like it's when you're not focused, if you can focus and just like be confident you're not going to have nerves. Yeah, I agree. I think you put it really well. <laughs> I can't say it any better. Uh, right, we, we conquered nerves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, I think, you know, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. One thing is that, uh, you know, I opened up a recent Discord channel uh, for – bike race weekly and i think what we're going to start doing is posting some of the races that we plan to do uh ryan we should probably talk about like maybe a consistent race that we do every week uh you know maybe something to put on the calendar every week and just yeah on it my um but yeah if, I, any, lis- if any listeners uh, personally yeah oh, go ahead the uh saturday 10 30 a.m crit city race is the one i pretty much do every week nice all right well maybe we'll plan on that um, but yeah, we'll probably make some updates. If any listeners out there want to race with us, even if you're not doing the same category, even if you're doing, uh, 
you know, yeah, a different category. We're probably going to have a Discord chat channel. Feel free to hop in, and uh, we're going to be racing and chatting and uh, probably panting a lot. But I, I find it pretty fun, and it's just a fun way to, you know, suffer with yep. some friends. Uh, I will say, too, if any anyone has, like, Zwift video, Zwift races that they want to send to us, we do have – never mind. We don't have an email. Send it to us – Oh, we do. We do have an email. What's our email? Yes, I'm trying to look. It is bike racing weekly at all lowercase at gmail.com. Yeah, feel free to send us our Swift races, and we'll do some viewer uh, race analysis, Swift race analysis as well. Uh, I feel like I yeah, I feel like yeah. I know what I'm looking for. I know like we haven't been racing for a while, but I'm like super analytical with this kind of stuff. So I've all my races, I pick oh, apart fun. my races like no other. So I'd like to see how other people are Zwifting too. So feel free to send us any race video you have of Zwift. Uh, we might break it down on, on the YouTube channel at Bike Race Weekly. Yeah, man. All that right. sounds good. Thanks, every, everyone, for listening. Check out our social media channels, uh, Bike Racing Weekly, at all of them. Uh, anything else, Rick? I think that's it. Thanks for listening.